What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Bacon on Everything podcast. I'm your host, as always, Blaine Costas, and today I wanted to continue the conversation on Black Lives Matter. I, I didn't think it would be right to have a conversation on anything else. I don't think anything at this time matters nearly as much as as uh, speaking my truth. Um, I know a lot of people are looking for distractions in these days, and, and I, I get it to an extent, but I don't think this is something that we can be distracted from. I don't think this is something that we can take a break from. I don't think this is something that we warrants people feeling uh, bugged down and, and like they they need something else. That at this time, with the climate that we're in, with the opportunity that we have right now, I don't think there's any more important conversation or any conversation that should be happening other than the fact that black lives matter and that black lives deserve to keep mattering until we get to a point where they are the same and that they have equal rights and equal equal chances when it comes to police or racism or anything i think that's the most important conversation i have right now so i will continue to have it i may continue to have it for a couple of episodes i'm not sure but for the time being I think there's no point in talking about something like video games or sports or anything like that uh, to distract anybody from anything that's happening right now. And if I haven't made it clear, it's also my stance on like the NBA season and everything coming back. Um, I know a couple of players have spoken out and said that it doesn't make sense for us for them to come back because they feel like it'd be a distraction and that people wouldn't be out in the streets fighting for the good fight they'd be at home watching basketball games especially because of the number of african-american players and supporters that basketball and football have that it would kind of take away from what's happening right now and how crucial this time is first off in this episode i want to talk about a term that i i personally learned over the last couple of weeks when i when i started to to start learning and start understanding exactly what is going on and, and how to talk about it and how to combat it. So I'm sure a lot of people have heard this or read this post. It's by Ogor Chukwu. I uh, don't know if I said that right, but go search him up on Instagram and you'll be able to find this post. And I'm sure some of you have already seen it. It says racial gaslighting 101. Racial gaslighting sounds like, and I'm going to just list them off in order and talk about it after so if you protested or said it peacefully more people would listen to you there's another one that says what i said slash did is not racist racism doesn't exist anymore it was just a joke calm down blank people are racist too why is it always about race are you sure that's what happened just to play devil's advocate here and in my opinion i don't think that they were being racist i think dot 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 I never had the words to put together what racial gaslighting was. I didn't know that it was a term before, but it's definitely over the last couple of weeks and having conversations with a lot of people, it's definitely something that is on people's minds. The idea of racial gaslighting is essentially that in this situation, whether it be intentional or non-intentional, what the person is doing by saying these things is they're diminishing the the uh, the opposing persons or the other person's view and experience and what they have been through and what they have done so when people say well, well black people are racist too 
they're essentially saying that well you don't have a foot to stand on right now you don't have any ground to stand on because black people are racist too or or when people say uh, racism doesn't exist anymore it's saying that well you're just making it an issue because it's stuck in your head or maybe you weren't cut out for that job and that's why you didn't get it or any of the different objectives that you have versus their opinion on what happened is exactly what's happening here they're taking away the empowerment of the person the victim and then turning it on themselves and saying well maybe it's not as bad as you think maybe it's not racism maybe again you weren't cut out for the role or maybe that person wasn't being racist maybe you deserved it maybe the the police officers had every right to do what they did because of the person's x y and z whether it be rap sheet or aggressive nature or anything like that racial gaslighting in layman terms is victim blaming it's saying that you only feel the way you do because of how you perceive the situation and the end that there's nothing more than that people aren't being racist to you you're just thinking it oh you're just gonna pull the race card well that doesn't help either of us the problem with racial gaslighting and saying that it doesn't exist is that there's not only evidence to support that racism exists racial gaslighting keeps helping racism exist it keeps pushing the envelope to say hey as long as we ignore it then there's nothing to it it's the same term or same issue or same problem with racial colorblindness. Um, racial colorblindness is saying, I don't see race or I don't see color or I don't see the difference between a black man and a white man. That in itself is not only counterproductive because the thing is, is that there is a difference. There's a difference in history. There's a difference in opportunities. There's a difference in the way that people are treated. And to say that it doesn't exist or that you don't see it or that I don't see color is again saying that you shouldn't see color or you shouldn't think that the reason why you're being treated a certain way is because you're black or that the reason why people, cops tend to stop you more often isn't because you're black. It's because maybe you're driving weird or maybe they're suspicious the reason why they're suspicious is because the person is black i want to lead a li read a little excerpt from psychology today um there's an article if you search it up called colorblind ideology is a form of racism a colorblind approach allows us to deny uncomfortable cultural differences the excerpt i want to read goes like this problems with the colorblind approach racism question mark strong words yes but let's look at the issue straight in its partially unseen eye. In a colorblind society, white people who are unlikely to experience disadvantages due to race can effectively ignore racism in American life, justify the current social order, and feel more comfortable with their relatively privileged standing in society. Most minorities, however, who regularly encounter difficulties due to race experience colorblind ideologies quite differently. Colorblindness creates a society that denies their negative racial experiences, rejects their cultural heritage, and invalidates their unique perspectives. Say I'm colorblind, that I don't see color, and saying I'm not a racist doesn't help the conversation. It hurts it. What we need to be saying, and what I even need to be saying, is that I'm anti-racist. I'm going to stop people from talking in a racist me means, and I'm going to call people out and hold people accountable to being anti-racist. 
to say that you don't see color is against the argument so say that hey i understand what has happened i am learning i am treating you as an equal but at the same time i am not diminishing the history of your people and what essentially my people have done to your people it makes it a tougher conversation it makes everybody uncomfortable but there's nothing more uncomfortable than being a black man or being a black woman or being a person of color in the world today another thing that we need to talk about and that i think this is my perspective on this matter is when people say that black lives matter or when people say that officers killing black live black people is horrific and shouldn't happen a lot of people like to respond with the idea that well black people kill black people or most of the black deaths in the world are because of black people now i think this is one of the most offensive things that anybody can say when it comes to this situation i mean i talked about it in the last episode the idea that somebody can be murdered just for the color of their skin is what separates the two right here you know when black people kill black people it's not because of the color of their skin it's not that oh because you're black i'm only gonna murder you and i'm not gonna murder whoever else Another situation that we need to think about here is if every black on black crime was filmed, was literally recorded and sent to the news or sent to whatever media outlets you want to talk about. And let's say Blaine murdered his brother and it was caught on camera and they sent it to a media outlet and the judge had this and the prosecutor had this and and everybody in the public had this. What are the chances of me walking around like walking away without being not only charged but definitely like deemed guilty like a guilty verdict what are the chances of that happening because in a lot of these cases when black people are murdered by police it happens i'm gonna i'm gonna read out a couple right here and there's definitely more but i'm gonna read out a couple so george floyd the investigation is still pending the police officers have been arrested one of the officers has made bail at a seven hundred thousand dollar bail which i'm I think I've heard that it's been uh, like provided by go- his kids or his parents or whatever, his family, GoFundMe. Great for them. Can't wait to see him behind bars. Hopefully that happens. Anyways, Trayvon Martin was, was murdered by George Zimmerman and George Zimmerman was not guilty. He was found not guilty and he used self-defense. Self-defense against a black child with a hood on and a bag of skittles in his hand who then the murderer went around and was signing bags of skittles like some sort of psychopath he was leading up this whole charge and and he wanted to become a celebrity and then he wanted to fight all these people it's insane but anyways i just i said i was going to list it off and sorry that one triggered me brianna taylor there's been no conviction and i'm pretty sure there's been no arrest made up until today Ahmaud Arbery, pending an investigation. Tamir Rice, no charges. A child who was murdered in a park with a BB gun, no charges. Eric Gardner, no indictments. Philandro Castile, not guilty verdict. He was they the the cops who murdered him were found not guilty. Alton Sterling, no federal slash state charges. John Crawford the third, no charges filed. We have video evidence on all of these except for brianna taylor i believe um yeah except for brianna taylor we have we have video footage to show murder cold-blooded murder and yet 
every single one of these situations the person who is murdered the other victim or the victim sorry has been let off with a either a not guilty charge or there was no indictments in the first place or worst case they got fired this is the difference this is the difference right here that a court that is made to uphold the law and order of a country is systemically against african-american murder if a black person is murdered in the streets by a law enforcement officer and in trayvon martin's case just a guy with a gun the chances of that person then being convicted are surprisingly lower than if a black person was to kill a black person and it was to be caught on film the other argument that I hear is that white people are murdered more by cops than black people. It's it's not it's not a, a fair argument to have because then you have to put in the ratio of the population. So so black people make up less of the population but are killed at a two times higher like rate, two and a half times higher rate than white people are to be killed by police officers so again this all leads back to the idea that there is no other side to this argument there's no way to tell me that racism doesn't exist and that it's not systemic and that being a black person living in this world in either if you want to just drop it down to north america then that's fine but being a black person in north america is its own horror film it is a horror film that we cannot get out of without fighting the fight and at the end of the day, the system and the odds are stacked against us, but we need to fight this fight for not just us, but the future generations. And And fighting the fight is so, so admirable and having people in the streets, in the protest and and being able to fight for something that's that means so much to everybody. Like this isn't just, and I hate it when people say political, like this isn't a political issue. This is a human issue. And like I've said before, there is no other side to the argument. There's no other side to the argument. Um, another thing I wanted to get into is is people of color and, and why we need to understand the difference between black people and people of color and racism and how that affects each another and how the system has been played to have people of color used against African Americans. Now, there's probably a video that you have seen around the internet. There's probably a couple of videos that you can watch on the issue of what people of color are versus what black people are and, and how they're treated differently. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty. I think for that, you need to spend some time reading up on it. You need to understand the differences between how people of color, brown people, Asians are all treated uh anybody who's not white are treated versus how black people are treated they're two completely different things and you need to go look it up in itself the one thing i am gonna say is people of color chose to be in north america they chose it a lot of black people didn't a lot of black people were brought here on slave ships they weren't given any other option and at the same time at that point the second they stepped off their slave ship or onto a slave ship depending on whatever the the connection between their homeland the connection between their people their heritage their their opportunity for growth and community stopped 
Once they got on the slave ship, that was the beginning of the rest of their life. It's almost impossible to track back heritages and to see where exactly every slave came from because of what was happening to them at the time and how they were being separated and how they were being murdered and, and where their family lines cut off. Listen to an interview, a podcast a, a long time ago. Um, I think it was on The Breakfast Club and I can't remember exactly who the, the interviewee was. But essentially what he said was the only reason why black people are treated the way they are, the only reason why racism still exists in America, the only reason why African Americans can get shot in the streets down by police officers, by white people, by whoever, the reason why that happens is because there's no country, there's no home country to stand up for them. For them, this is their country. They have no way to track it back to. They have no way to, to say that x country needs to help out certain black people in america if chinese people were murdered at the rate that black people are by police officers and and dealt with the same systemic racism that black people do in america if you don't think that china would stand up and fight for their rights and fight for their be they would be able to call back to their people in china and say we we recognize this as an issue we need help and they would be there there's nobody for black people to go run into. There's nobody that they can go. And even if there was the amount of the the idea of slavery and the idea of how these how nations back in the day went to Africa and took away all their resources and took away all their ways to make wealth, that would stop them from today being even a formidable opponent. If if Zimbabwe was to stand up for an African American being murdered the United States would squish them in a second because of many different reasons. But one of them is because they don't have the wealth to fight against America. So at the end of the day, they're essentially doing something to people that can't fight back. So I think that's something that people need to remember. There's a there's a deeper learning to this and there's a lot more to understand. But I definitely just wanted to, to mention that. And if you need to and you want to, please look deeper into it. Now, I think it's important for me to give something back to this episode, to not just rant and rave, and, and because of a lot of the times, people ask the question, well, what are we supposed to do? And I've explained it before, and I think I've explained it, like, it's, it's, not, it's not my job to teach people how not to deal with racism, or how to deal with racism. I don't have all the answers and a lot of people don't and a lot of people do have some answers and it's able you're able to investigate and learn and to to understand what we need to do as a society i i grew up in a family of african-americans and and everybody i knew was african-american to an extent and my friends were some of them were african-american some of them were what i dealt with all different kinds of community i know different people from all different races and and so I was never, I never needed to be taught how not to be racist. I never needed to be taught, hey, this is how you make sure that there's job opportunities for everybody of color. I will say that there is racism all over the world for different like races and I get it and I understand and, and I know that I've been a part of certain things and I've definitely made jokes and I've definitely, but that stops today. That stops 
with all of this and and we need to fight to make racism not okay we need to fight to make sure that people all have equality and that people have every opportunity that they they are fighting for and every opportunity to be better because in systems that makes everybody better injustice for one is injustice for all martin luther king jr that's that's just what we need to understand is that a lot of the time and and one of my rap artist rap groups that i've been listening to recently run the jewels in one of their songs they say that a cage is made not just for one group of people that when they're done with the blocks they are going to continue and work their way down whether it be gender or sexuality whatever it is religion it's not just enough to hold down one group and if we don't stop it here it will never stop there will never be an opportunity for women's rights there'll never be an opportunity for the lgbtq company or sorry lgbtq community to to get to that next step to to be accepted in every way form that will never happen if we continue to let injustice happen so I wanted to give you uh, eight ways to fight racism. Um, eight ways that I think racism is is able to, once we recognize it and we understand it, then we'll be able to then fight it. And I think that we need to do that and we need to make sure that these opportunities are given to everybody and these are just eight ways to fight it every day. This article is on... Oof, nnedv.org so essentially if you were to just look up eight everyday ways to fight racism this is an article from march 21st 2017 and over the last couple of weeks i've been reading it over and over again to try to get it instilled in my head um so that way it, it becomes second nature to me and i and i'm able to do this without questioning or, or thinking or seeing the other side i just am trying to do so I'm just going to read this this article and, and essentially leave you with, with that. Number one, learn to recognize and understand your own privilege. One of the first steps to eliminating racial discrimination is learning to recognize and understand your own privilege. Racial privilege plays out across social, political, economic, and cultural environments. Checking your privilege and using your privilege to dismantle systemic racism are two ways to begin this complex process. However, race is only one aspect of privilege. Religion, gender, sexuality, ability status, socioeconomic status, language and citizenship status can all affect your level of privilege. Using the privileges that you have to collectively empower others requires first being aware of those privileges and acknowledging their implications. Number two, examine your own biases and consider where they have may originated. What messages did you receive as a kid about people who are different from you? What was the racial and or ethnic makeup of your neighborhood, school, or religious community? Why do you think that was the case? These experiences produce and reinforce bias, stereotypes, and prejudice, which can lead to discrimination. Examining our own biases can help us work to ensure equality for all. Number three, validate the experiences and feelings of people of color. Another way to address bias and recognize privilege is to support the experiences of other people and engage in tough conversations about race and injustice. 
We cannot be afraid to discuss oppression and discrimination for fear of getting it wrong. Gaction by learning about the ways that racism continues to affect our society. For example, by watching documentaries such as The 13th or reading books such as Americana or Hidden Figures. As advocates, we learn about domestic violence by listening to survivors of domestic violence. Similarly, the best way to understand racial injustice is listening to people of color. Number four, challenge the colorblind ideology. It is a pervasive myth that we live in a post-racial society where people don't see color. Perpetuating a colorblind ideology that actually contributes to racism. When Dr. Martin Luther King described his hope for living in a colorblind world, he did not mean that we should ignore race. It is impossible to eliminate racism without first acknowledging race. Being colorblind ignores a significant part of a person's identity and dismisses the real injustices that many people face as a result of race. We must see color in order to work together for equity and equality. Number 5. Call out racist jokes or statements. Let people know that racist comments are not okay. If you are not comfortable or you do not feel safe being confrontational, try to break down their thought process and ask questions. For example, that joke doesn't make sense to me, could you explain it? Or you may be kidding, but this is what it means when you say that type of thing. Do not be afraid to engage in conversation with loved ones, coworkers, and friends. Microaggressions, which can appear in the form of racist jokes or statements, perpetuate and normalize biases and prejudices. Remember that not saying anything or laughing along implies that you agree. Number six, find out how your company or school works to expand opportunities for people of color. Systemic racism means that there are barriers, including wealth disparities, criminal justice bias, and education and housing discrimination that stack the deck against people of color in the workplace or at school. For example, the African American Policy Forum reported that in 2014, a 12-year-old girl faced criminal charges in addition to expulsion from school for writing hi on a locker room wall. Their campaign, hashtag Black Girls Matter, addresses the issues of over-policed and underprotected black girls within the education system. It is important for companies and schools to address these issues and promote a culture of equity. Number seven. Be thoughtful with your finances. Take a stand with your wallet, know the practices of companies that you invest in and the charities that you donate to. Make an effort to shop at small local businesses and give your money back to the people living in your community. State or territory may have a directory of local minority owned businesses in your area. Number eight, adopt an intersectional approach in all aspects of your life. Remember that all forms of oppression are connected. You cannot fight against one form of injustice and not fight against others. Many survivors of domestic violence also face racism and other forms of oppression. We must recognize and support survivors' unique experiences. So those are the eight ways in which you can fight racism every single day. Now, I wanted to leave you guys. Um, I'm thinking about an idea that I kind of have in the back of my head that I'm going to do something in which it makes it easier for people to donate. I want to to either provide a service or provide some sort of some sort of transaction and from that point I'm going to take all the money that I can get and put that into a donation in which I'm going to I'm going to obviously tell you what charity I'm donating to but um because a lot of the time I hear from people how how do we give back how do we help 
how do we fight with you and and i completely understand that the waters are a little bit muddied so it kind of makes it hard to know where you should be donating who you should be donating to and and i i kind of want to make it as easy as possible for people to donate to something um to a cause that matters you know what i mean so i'm going to be working on that over the next couple of days next maybe a week and once i get a good opportunity or a good firm decision that i've made definitely going to go to my social media and um hopefully you guys will help support and help uh like you guys are great people i'd like for that kind of support especially in this time so i'd like to thank you again for coming back to listen uh if you don't follow me on instagram please go ahead and follow me on instagram and that way you can follow up on what i was talking about with the next step uh again thank you guys for listening i hope you guys are all doing well i'd like to thank you for your support during these tough tough times and hopefully again everybody's doing well and keep keep your mind set on the goal if this is something that we want to change and i hope that it is if you're listening to me you know that it is for me we need to stay strong and we need to stay steadfast because change does not come without breaking and and reforming the barriers in which we hope to change thank you have a good day have a good night talk to you later